The dirty mouth is something that is used quite often, even in the fundamental Christian movement, if you would. It's overlooked. It's one of those things that we don't even think about how we come across to others. I've noticed there's certain words in the children's ministry that are very offensive to some people. Like you don't ever use when you're dealing with children. It's so funny. I mean, things I don't even think about. I mean, it's so minute. And I'll go, oh, parent comes up to me and says, I wish you wouldn't use that word. My kids don't use that word. All right, I'm sorry. And then I hear the movies their kids watch, and I'm like, you were worried about what? And, and so it's our process of thinking. What is defined as a dirty mouth according to Scripture? Because what, if we define a dirty mouth, we all have different opinions of that. You know, we have different levels. This word's okay, but this word's, this word's really bad. And it's not really bad. It's just bad because your parents told you it was bad because their parents told them it was bad, but they never used the Bible to define it was bad. Does that make sense? It's just a cultural thing or a family thing or a traditional thing. Or, but the point is, tonight we want to look at God's word and discover what is a dirty mouth. And hopefully by the end of the service we can clean some mouths up this evening. I'm not a dentist, but we want to do some spiritual work in the mouth of the believer. So, are you guys with me? Amen. Yeah, all right. You act like you are, but some of you are in left field. You're just dazing off. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. This verse was already used this morning. Thank you, Pastor Tony. And uh, he just kept on going. I looked at his wife, Jenny, and I said, man, it's my whole message. So he's already covered it. So if a little bit of a repeat, and that's okay. We're dealing with hot topics, things that not everybody wants to talk about. This is something we need to deal with. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, and that it may minister grace unto the what? The hearers. It's not about us, it's about the others. And so, with this hot topic of the dirty mouth, the goal is to clean ourselves up, but it's going to start with the heart. We're going to have to dig deep, because what's in the heart will come out of the mouth. A communication is a necessity, right? I mean, it's the number one reason marriages end in divorce, because the communication's bad. Communication, without it, it limits our abilities to connect and relate to others. You just can't do it. Uh, you have to have communication. Communication is defined as the exchange of thought, message, or information by speech, signals, writings, or even behavior. Isn't that interesting? It's defined as even your behavior. If you're married, you'll know what that is. If you have kids, you'll definitely know what that means. Because your kids can say a thousand words without even opening their mouth. They're very expressive. So when good, communi when good communication breaks down and it starts falling apart, uh, I'm talking about Christian communication, the effectiveness to reach others is limited. We as believers have a different type of verbiage. Our lifestyle and our presentation of language is different. Let me explain it this way. I have multiple sclerosis. Many of you know that. I've had it since I was 19 years old. So I have to get these MRIs and CAT scans done. And so, of course, they have a difficult time because my brain's so big. They're like, how are we going to put this on film? This is huge. But they manage. So I'm going to put it up here on the screen. They managed to do it. There it is. Isn't that beautiful? That is my brain. Even with the MRI, I'm still, I'm bald. This is the way I look all the time. Look at that. And they're like, they examined my brain. And they're like, this is an intelligent man, but he has multiple sclerosis, which is affecting his nerve endings. 
And the process to think from A to B is hindered. In other words, my nerve endings, if I have a MS attack, in layman's terms, it affects the nerves, which, which basically it's like a wire. And so your white blood cells are attacking everything that's dirty and bad. And so they go to my nerves and they'll start eating away, like little termites, and because they're overactive. And so when they do that, they can affect the nerve that sends signals from my brain to my arm, to my leg, to my whatever, ears, my ability to hear, see, whatever. And if it digs too deep and it eats too much, it goes through the coating, if you would, of the wire and gets to the actual nerve and can, can sever it. And then that happens, whatever damage is there is permanently there. So the goal is to keep the white blood cells out of, under control where they're not getting to my brain. Why am I saying all that? Well, it's communication. It's basically like this. If, I, if I'm going through life and my brain is trying to tell my arm, move, and my arm is not getting the communication, something's wrong. And I need to see a doctor. Because something isn't working right. The, the message, the body is working right, but the message isn't getting through. You understand? The signal's there. The communication, I can hear, but it's not getting to the point where it needs to be. Does that make sense? Something broke it down. Something hindered it. Something severed it. Something stopped it. Something that's not right. When you have bad communication, things go wrong. There's friction. There's discord. There's problems. There's fighting. A good example of that is uh, a wife was texting her husband, and she finally found this bracelet she really likes. She's been looking for it forever. So she texted her husband and said, I found the bracelet I've been wanting for a long time. We talked about it. It's $7,500. Can I buy it? So he texts back, and he says, whether it's speak text or whatever, he tried to say this, no, comma, price too high. When she received the text, the comma wasn't there. So she just received no price too high. And through that, just the missing comma distorted everything. The communication wasn't right. And because of that, they started fighting over a, a comma. When communication is distorted and hindered, and it's not communicated right, and there's corruption involved, things fall apart. Problems begin to arise. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with what? Salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. You need to know how to communicate with others. And as a believer, you especially need to know how to communicate with the world. It's telling the truth in love. And that is not easy because we let our tongue be corrupt and control what we're going to say instead of our heart being consumed by God and his word and allowing it to control the tongue. And things go wrong. According to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29... If corrupt communication is in the life of the believer, then the believer will experience the inability to be effective in their communication. There's going to be a breakdown. There's going to be a breakdown in their communication. And that hinders the hearer from hearing what's trying to be said because there's a problem there. So I'm going to explain it this way, okay? We're going to break down the portion of Scripture and look at two things. We're going to look at corrupt communication. We're going to look at good communication, okay? And again, the hot topic tonight is the dirty mouth. And I want you to really analyze yourself. There's, it, it all begins with the corrupt communication. So look at verse 
29 of Ephesians chapter 4. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your what? Your mouth. In other words, don't have a dirty mouth. So let's jump right into this. The mouth, when it comes to the mouth, it's interesting because we don't always think before we speak. You ever been there? Especially when you're mad. When you're really angry, you say some things you didn't think you would ever say. Y'all are looking at me kind of quietly. How many have a husband like that? Yeah? It's okay to rat him out. One of you? One? You liars. You're all liars. The Bible makes it clear that the corrupt communication that proceeds of our mouth is rotten. The word corrupt is not your average word. It's defined as rotten fruit or a rotten animal. The interpretation of it in the Greek is to say it is as if you picked up my son. He, this is a good illustration. He has these tomato plants in the backyard. He finally is growing them. He has this box. We had it lifted up so nothing will get in it. So he's just growing he has one pepper and all these tomatoes, but it's amazing how quick the tomatoes rot. And when they rot, they stink, they're nasty, and um, there's nothing good about it. But if they're touching another tomato, then that tomato starts to rot. And um, so the definition here of corrupt is talking about almost like a rotten fruit, in essence. In other words, it begins to just smell and decay in, 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 in another illustration in the Word of God is to explain it as almost a decaying of an animal. No matter which way you look at it, corrupt is not good. And the Bible said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Um, I'm not, and I hope you get this, I, I'm, I'm not talking about corrupt communication just in the sense of the four-letter words that are used culturally, deemed as profanity. That's not just corrupt communication. Everybody says, dirty mouth, dirty mouth. He must cuss. He must use foul language. That, that's not necessarily what the Bible's talking about, though that's wrong. Um, and I have heard so many goofy debates on such a subject. Well, how do we know it's wrong to use profanity? Who, who defined that as being wrong? Your culture defined it as being wrong. You know, we're the light of the world. And if we're a light... And our culture even says this is offensive and we're doing it, then you don't have any common sense at all because you're saying it's okay to do because the Bible doesn't define it as wrong. The Bible says anything that offends a brother or, or cause a brother to trip, and I'm paraphrasing here, or even those that are non believers not to believe because you haven't showed the light, then it is wrong. Amen. You don't have to have it written out. Just use common horse sense, just use the brain God given you. Because it's just obvious when there's corruption. But this is not necessarily where we're going. It's not the four-letter words. Corrupt communication is any word that rots away at one's thinking. It's anything that you could use to affect another or it affects your family or even yourself. It spreads and destroys. It's that, it's that word that gets in the back of somebody's mind that you said to them. And it's, they store it back there. From the time they're a child until they're a time they're an adult. And they never forgot what you said. And it affects them. And it rots away to the extent that it rots into other areas that affect them. Even in the way they eat or they process communication with others. Because of one rotten word that you said. And you left in their mind. These are the words that spread throughout our, our nation. On Facebook. On media. 
These are the words that sit in the back of a person's mind that cause rotten to spread and destroy a person's confidence, their faith, their hope, their ability to believe, even sometimes their will to live. Rotten words, it breaks down just like a vegetation breaks down and rots away. It rots in their mind. These are the words that destroys children's futures. These are the words that shatter good marriages and split churches. Words that are exchanged and not one time of profanity ever used. Those are rotten words. These are corrupt words. Do you realize that the majority of the counseling we do is because of a corrupt word that was used in somebody's life when they were younger? Because of the way mom or dad treated them or raised them, yelling and screaming and calling them things and names and doing things that would not be honoring and pleasing the Lord with their mouth to say some very vile things to their kids. And we have to juggle those things because of something that happened. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, something that's happened in their childhood. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the what? The tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Let me say this before we go any further. What you're producing with the tongue, that rotten fruit that you're putting in the minds of people and it's rotten away in their brain, you're going to have to eat that fruit one day in your life. Because what you reap, you'll what? You're going to sow it. And you're going to have to reap what you sowed. And that's not a pleasant thing to think about, that we have to reap the very things we sowed all our lives. So you got that anger and bitter spirit as a teenager, and you mouth off, you run your mouth, you can't figure out. Let me tell you something, there's a good chance you're going to reap that through your kids one day as well. You'll have the same rotten thing in your home as you portrayed in your home as a teenager. Corrupt communication. Let me explain corrupt communication, okay? Corrupt communication defines you. It defines you. James chapter 3 and verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that is defiled, it, that it defiles the what? The whole body. In other words, it consumes you just like a fire. It defiles. Corrupt communication defines you. It redefines you as a person. Now, let me explain it. In other words, it redefines you as a person because you're consumed in every area of your life when you allow the corruption to enter in. Have you ever been around people and they've labeled, they've been labeled because their mouth? This is the only way I know how to illustrate this. Corrupt communication defines you as a person because what you allow out your mouth, if it's corruption, will eventually label you as a person. So, Danny, come on up here. Let's put some labels on you. This is Danny. This is my brother-in-law. I just figured I'd use you because you married my sister and never really liked you. I'm kidding. I really like him. <laughs> Danny, this is your name. This is who you are. I made a little name tag right there. Is that on there? Feel good? I really do like Danny. Danny is a good guy, but Danny has a tongue just like all of us. Danny has the ability to redefine himself through the corruption of the tongue. Have you ever been around the people that they're like, man, he is a whiner? You only have kids that are whiners. You got those? You got kids that are whiners? Raise your hand. It's okay. It's all right for this scene. You ever been around a whiner? 
They're the ones that, ah, their whole body gets into it. It's like expressive everywhere. It's like, Christian was a whiner this morning. He didn't want to get out of bed. We had to get here early. And I was like, Christian, get out of bed. Ah! It's like something, de- something demented just happened. Something entered in their body. Oh, I don't want to. You've been around people? The worst of the adult whiners. The ones that just whine and complain about everything. They redefine themselves. Instead of being known as, oh, there's Danny. Oh, there's the whiner. Here he comes. What's up, man? Oh, I don't know. It's been raining for three weeks. I was supposed to go to the yard sale. Been saving for a while, and then, oh, it ran again. I got some boots and get the, I don't know. Where, and then you lose their communication because they start whining in their own language. It's been redefined. Corrupt communication, redefined. How about this one? I love these. These are great. The gossipers, huh? They're the ones you never want to hear their prayer requests, right? How you doing? You doing okay? Yes. I tell you what, I don't know if you heard, I put it on Facebook. And so, uh, so and so, so and so, she's just really struggling. Something's going on in her home. And I don't know a whole lot about it, but I think you'd want to know because we just need to pray. Did you tell the office to pray for him? No, just thought I'd just spread the word myself. <laughs> just get the word out. Just praying, meeting with Jesus in my basement. Just doing my thing on the computer. You ever been around them? And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. We know who you are. You're the gossiper. You're no longer, da- you've been redefined. Because corrupt communication redefines you. Danny, you're not this, but I'm going to have to put it on you, okay? Because they're out there. They're the perverts. I'm sorry, Danny. You better not be. That's my sister. I'll tell you something. It's the ones that just cannot compute anything without making it into something it shouldn't be. You ever been around now? Everything. It's mainly in high school. Let me tell you something. Something big's going on in that person's life outside of what you see. You're only seeing 30%. The other 70% is probably taking place on that computer. They're seeing in things and they're... And let me tell you something. If you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to let that in my home. Glory to God, we're not going to do that. And then you could drive to the theater and then you watch everything and you're like, that's not pornographic, but it is rated R and it does have 15 F words and it has this word and it has this and there's a little bit of sex and nudity and I didn't know Magic Mike wasn't about a magician. I just didn't know. I thought it was... By the way, that's a dirty movie. Chris, you told me about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then something happens. Something happens. Everything in their language, their verbiage is just twisted. I know what you meant by that. Why are you looking at me like that? Something ain't right. No, I didn't mean that. They're pervert. They've been redefined. Corrupt communication redefines them. The potty mouth. Oh, the potty mouth. The potty mouth. I want this one right here. The potty mouth. Let me tell you something. Don't move that. The potty mouth is those that use foul language continuously. They use it so much that they try to cover it up when they come to the church and they don't know how. Hey, brother, how are you? Going good. What? What would you say? <laughs> it's so awkward. It's awkward in public, but it's even more awkward when you're in the auditorium because it's become a normal part of life. Well, I only use profanity when I get really mad. 
How about this one? This one's the best. We only watch movies with language in it if it's appropriate for the movie. Like if it's a war movie. We, uh, war movies? God said if you're in war, you can cuss up a storm. Well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. What about a mafia movie? Are they supposed to talk like Disney stars? I mean, how, who's defining this? Who came up with this? It's a romantic movie, so a sexual scene is okay because it's a romantic movie. Who are you? Are you defining the level of morality in movies? Or does God define it? Let me tell you something. It's a distortion. It's bothering me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the, the idea, they consume themselves with this stuff. And before you know it, it becomes a normal lifestyle. The more you hear it, the more you'll say it. You know what I'm saying? And don't be one of those weirdos that say, you better not say that. I'll wash your mouth out with soap. Well, go wash your own mouth out with soap and use the pump kind because you really need it. Because if you think it's wrong for them, it's twice as wrong for you, you hypocrite. Where do you think is training them? You are. So learn to use something else when you smash your thumb or you get frustrated with your wife or you kick your dog. Don't be the potty mouth. Don't let corrupt communication redefine you as a person. I love these. We're going to hit everything today. All right, right there. I'm glad you're here. It's the grumbler. Grumblers, you never can understand what they're saying anyway. It's like they have a whole pile of marbles in their mouth. All they do is... How you doing today? It's usually the ones at a certain point in their life, at a season of life, they just hate everything. An interpretation that means, my back hurts today. They'd make a great Batman. And then you go, well, what, how, what's God been doing here? It's just the people you don't want to be around because nothing makes them happy. And it's corrupt. And before you know it, they're like, ah, can we go down this hallway? The grumbler's down there. Or the loud mouth. Or the griper. You see what I'm saying? Do you, you see where, before you know it, the corrupt communication redefines you as a person. Listen to what the Bible says. James chapter 3 and verse 6, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. It's going to consume you, and when it consumes you, it redefines you. You can keep all of those, okay? Take those back to Alabama. So when it comes to corrupt communication, it not only redefines you, but it defiles you. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 15 verse 11, not that which goeth into the mouth that defiles a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defiles a man. This portion of scripture found in the book of Matthew chapter 15 is when the disciples were confronted and claimed that people claimed that they were sinners because they didn't wash their hands before eating the food. And Jesus began to explain what he means. What's in your mouth when you're eating? That's not what defiles you. What's in your heart and comes out your mouth, that's what really defiles you. Because the Bible says... That out of the mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. But my brethren, these things ought not be. If you're blessing people one minute and cursing them the next, it's because of Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. For as he thinketh in the heart, so is he. He's a two-sided man. He's up one minute religious, 
and down the necks. And it was the Pharisees confronting the disciples saying, you should have washed your hands. And Jesus said, listen, there's bigger problems than unwashed hands. It's what's coming out of the mouth of the Pharisees where they're saying one thing one minute, the next minute they're saying another. There's distortion and there's sin. And it's all in the heart of the man and it defiles them, corrupts them. We're, the Bible speaks of us as a vessel. Then another ter- interpretation is a temple. And that temple is to be pure and clean because that is where the Holy Spirit dwells. And if it's corrupt and defiled, then it's going to hinder the ability to reach others. Let's go on. You ready? Will this make you feel good? There's only two points tonight, so we're on our last point. You had corrupt communication, and then you have good communication. Corrupt communication redefines you, and it defiles you. It labels you, it marks you, it ruins you, and it spreads like a wildfire and starts affecting others and rotten their brain and their life because of something negative you said that they cannot get past. But let's get to the good stuff, the good communication. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, the last part. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Good communication does two things according to this passage of scripture. It edifies and it ministers. It edifies. How does it edify? Well, to understand that, you need to know what the word means. Edify means to build up. In other words, as a believer, your mouth should be used to build people up. You're a builder. You have the responsibility to verbally build up others. That's a huge privilege. I think that's pretty exciting because you have been given the ability through God, letting him work in your life as the spirit to take the pieces of people's lives that have been torn apart and rebuild them back. Because everywhere around us, people are using their tongues as weapons. The media is a weapon to tear things down that are good. They distort things. Things that were once good are now bad and things that are bad are now good. You understand? And because we have the responsibility to have good communication, that means we have to edify, and edify means we have to build up. That's not always easy to do. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 7, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. The Bible says also in Hebrews chapter 10, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of such is, some is, but exhorting one another. Exhorting, that means lifting up. You need to learn to use your tongue and your ability to speak, your communication in such a way that builds people up. That's good communication, edifying, a builder. Have you ever been around somebody that was so mentally abused, emotionally down, that no matter what you say, they just feel defeated? They feel unworthy. You ever been around somebody like that? They've got so much corrupt communication in their life in the back of their brain, they feel no longer worthy of anything. You look really nice today. Uh, I'm kind of fat. No, you're not. Yeah. So-and-so said I was. Uh, I'm just not feeling good today. Why? Well, so-and-so said they read online, da-da-da-da-da, and I think that's what I got. They're just filling their mind with all this corruption. So our job is to come in behind them and say, you know what, I don't know if I would believe so-and-so. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I just took something out of their life and rebuilt it. That edification. Not only that, 
I know that God has some big plans for you because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has something so big for your future, that's why you're here. You're not here by accident. You're here for a purpose. Really? Yeah. You have a purpose. You ever been around people that come to church? That portion of scripture says that it's talking about in Hebrews when we're gathering together. We are to gather together and lift each other up. I love how Pastor Tony this morning really dealt with that subject. How we're tearing each other down too often in the church. We let silly things, ignorant things affect us for years to come. Hey, the hardest thing in a church is when you pick up the pieces and you're edifying and you're rebuilding and then somebody that's supposed to be a brother and sister in Christ comes along and starts tearing it all back down again. You ever been around that? That is so discouraging. I mean, they're on fire for God. And then somebody turns around and ruins it. You have to choose to repair lives one word at a time. You have to make it a point that you become a personal counselor and meet people where they're at when they're tore down. You have to meet their needs when evil communication destroyed their life. You are a builder, and good communication means you edify others. That's not easy, because there's some people, it's sometimes difficult to find the good in them, you know? And that doesn't mean we go around making things up and lying. This happened a long time ago. This wasn't even planned, but Elliot, it's just a good illustration. It was years ago. Ellie was just little. She was little. And there was this lady, and she was, a, she was a good-sized lady. Bless her heart. You always have to say, bless your heart. And her little boy, that makes everything okay. So, so her little boy was in the room playing with Ellie, and Ellie was so compelled to reach out to minister to this little boy about his mother. So Ellie goes, hey, your mommy is so pretty. He goes, oh, thanks. I mean, they're just little, and she's so tiny. She's just little. And the little boy's like, huh? Yeah. So this was a teaching opportunity to explain to Ellie, we love people, we edify people, but I don't want my kids to go to the extent that we lie to build people up. Let me tell you something. Too often we do that here at the altar. People have issues. I don't have to point them out and highlight them. I just want to deal with their heart and what they need and rebuild them. But too often people are candy coating what the Bible says. If somebody's involved in drugs and alcohol, we need to just be brutally honest. You're destroying your body. Are you a believer? Yes. Then God doesn't want that in your life. I can't act like it's okay. Some people are like, well, did you have a bad day? Well, once in a while, beer's just gonna have to do. No, it's not. You're candy coating what God wanted the truth to be. You have to stick with the reality. Help people. Speak the truth in love. Amen. And it is necessary. A good communication edifies. But let me close with this. It also ministers. Uh, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. The word minister means give back. It means to give. The word grace is speaking of blessings. Your responsibility is to take the pieces of people's lives, put it all back together because they're falling apart and they need edification. They need the encouragement. They need to know, hey, you got a purpose, you got a reason. But in the doing so, you're blessing them. You're giving them blessings. They don't even realize how you're blessing them. You don't even realize the blessings you're going to get in return. I love that the Bible speaks of ministering to people. We're a minister. But more than that, we're a giver. 
You're a giver. We like to get. We don't like to give. How many love to get compliments? Come on. Every, you mean nobody likes to get a compliment in here? What's wrong with you? Either you're lazy or lying. Put your hand up. You're not that lazy. We all like to get compliments. But if you're not the kind that has the ability to really speak out and encourage people, you just have a tendency to step aside and not say anything. And you won't mind when everybody else is giving you compliments. And I've met some people that are really good at giving themselves compliments. You ever been around those? They know what they're good at, and they're proud to tell everybody. And if nobody compliments them, they're just like, yeah, I worked a long time on that. I'm really good at that. Church could not have the walls they have today if it wasn't for these right here and this too. I did that. I did that. I did that. I did that. And so many people are tired of hearing what you've done. God did that. God just used you to accomplish that. And we're so busy edifying ourselves and ministering and giving glory to ourselves, we forget about everybody around us. You are a giver. We're to give back. We are to bless those around us with words of encouragement. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. You are a giver that not only is restoring by edifying, but giving back a blessing that they can bless their... You know, some people just don't know how to talk to their kids. As a Sunday school teacher, you're teaching those children how to grow up to teach their children. As a teacher in one of these marital classrooms, you're teaching those families how to communicate to each other so they can be a blessing to their children. They're giving back. Somebody's got to do it because this world is not doing it. Too often we're busy taking the time to bless ourselves but not bless others. The Bible says, and let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and good works. What are we doing? Are we provoking anybody to anything that's good or just provoking them to wrath? I want you to do this. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. And as we close things out, I want you to consider this simple truth. The Bible goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. In other words, you, if you're a believer, you have a responsibility to honor God and not quench the spirit that lives in you. And the way you're to do that is not to have corrupt communication, but good communication so you could do what the verse 31 says. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And then verse 32, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You have a responsibility as a believer to put away the dirty mouth to embrace good communication, to reject corrupt communication, to edify and to minister those around you and forgive and love so they may see the light of God in your life.